You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are finishing up the DeLorean Man. It's all about this DeLorean man guy that goes back in time, and it's on Disney+. Plus. No, I'm just kidding. It's the season finale, season two finale of The Mandalorian. John has been waiting his whole life for this moment. Just kind of was like going back in time a little bit. I mean, yeah. No way. Because it's everything that's wrong with Star Wars. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You knew that was a bad idea. I'm glad they did it in in unison, though. That was the best. Uh, but yes, we will be getting into chapter 16? 15? Yes. 16. 16. No. Six, 16. 16. Uh, the Rescue. So, but before that, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. And happy holidays. <laughs> That's right. If you're listening to this, Indeed. you more than likely just celebrated Christmas. Uh, we are recording it before Christmas, but... Uh, that's the magic of podcasting. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. It snowed yesterday, so that's Christmas. I mean, when that's you because moved... you now live in a cold place. Yeah, you moved up further north. <laughs> it's wonderful. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, get into our week's watch this week. But it's a special week's watch since it's Christmas. We all watched something having to do with Christmas, and we're going to talk about it. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? I always forget that I go first. Um, so <laughs> I, watched... I like going clockwise. <laughs> so I watched my go-to Christmas movie and saw Home Alone again. I made Mitch sit through it for uh, probably the um, upteenth time. Home Alone again? Is that like the fourth sequel? Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I watched Home Alone, the 1990. That makes me 1990 film. <laughs> so I'm sure everybody's familiar with it. I don't know what else to say. That's about right. It. No. Kevin what, what, what happens in this movie? Yeah. I've, never, I've never seen this. One. I mean, it's, it's called Home Alone. I mean, honestly, there is a good chance that Stephen hasn't seen the movie if he didn't watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> See, but Home Alone, I don't feel like, has the same caliber of cult following that Ghostbusters does. So I don't feel like Stephen would have been like, no, I refuse to watch it out of principle. 
I don't think that's why he yeah, refused to watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. What, is that the reason why you watch? You refuse to watch Ghostbusters? Yes. No, it, honestly, it's because it's because I, I saw the the whole like ghost blowjob scene, and I was like, "Well, this is a dumb fucking movie." <laughs> <laughs> that was a dream sequence, though. I mean, yeah, that's what they say. There's a there's a ghost blow blowjob scene in Home Alone, also though. <laughs> oh, wait, is that only my version? That's only your oh, version. That's weird. That is definitely not the version I okay. watched. Um. <laughs> so no, yes it. Stars Kevin McAllister. Well, I, Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McAllister. No. <laughs> no, let's be honest here, guys. He basically did two roles in his life. He's Kevin McAllister. <laughs> I mean, it's his later life that he decided to do more things. It's it's fine. <laughs> he was a toe-headed young now, kid. By the way. He's what? He's forty now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's yeah. forty now, and he's got his own podcast, just like every other celebrity. So that's why it's that much harder for us. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I I adore Home Alone because I just it's fun and lighthearted. There isn't any of the obnoxious like romance that comes in a lot of Christmas movies. Nobody has to change really in this movie. Nobody's you know I'm I'm a Scrooge and all of a sudden I'm going to become a Christmas fanatic. <laughs> I mean, no, he doesn't become a Christmas fanatic, but Kevin learns that he does need his family. He can't do everything on his own, though he did do pretty well on his own. (laughs) He did just fine. He definitely Uh, got the foundations of a serial killer down pat. (laughs) Or Batman. (laughs) But I also think I really like it because my family definitely looks the way that family does. The McAllisters do. The McAllisters do when getting ready for the holidays. Like, it is just sheer mayhem. And... So I really that that resonates with me quite deeply. Does so uh, I'm sure John is probably the only one that has done the deep Reddit research on this. But does anybody know what Mr. McAllister does for a living? That he gets that he has such a huge house and can pay for everybody to go to uh, Paris for was it Paris or was it Florida in the first movie? The first one was Paris. Okay, yeah, pay for everyone to go to Paris for for Christmas. So you see, what, he worked for one company, and then halfway through, that company uh, gave up the funding. So they went to Fox, and he got funding for their vacation from them. That's <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> That's pulling some meta humor there. <laughs> uh, I always heard the the rumor that he was like um, he was a an accountant for the mob or something like that. I thought was, that was funny, but I don't know. Is it John? Okay. Is, is there any actual rumor research that you've ever you've ever done? I have actually, and See? yeah, it was something to do with like the stock market. He's in finance, uh-huh. um, so yeah. But it, it, there's a throwaway line in the movie where he talks about how when he was growing up, um, you know, the the most they ever did was like he'd be traveling in the back of their like you know station wagon. So them all going, you know, first class and the kids and coach going to Paris was like, you know, what more could you want? So he definitely, you know, worked his way up to that level of having a nice house and all that good stuff. The American dream. He he definitely did it. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Or he, like he came from money, too. That's another fair. I mean, that's also thing. a part of the American dream. <laughs> 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 All right, Home Alone, which I believe is on Disney Plus at the moment. You can, uh, but we, we have it, so let's we watched on yeah. that. But 
Uh, yes, it is on Disney Plus because Disney owned Fox and Fox is where, where Home Alone came out at. And plus, we're getting a Home Alone TV series on Disney Plus, I believe. Yeah, I think I heard. I don't remember. That sure. I believe it was a TV somewhere. series, not a movie. Yeah. I, th- I think. I don't think that was in the investor call, but I feel it like wasn't, I heard yeah. it somewhere. Yeah, I remember that before the investor call. Yeah. I feel bad. I, I feel like I should like. I, I like judging from my love of home alone the the general movies and everything mm-hmm. i feel like i should be way more okay with the violence in tom and jerry than <laughs> you weren't okay with the violence in tom you're and not jerry? okay with the violence yeah. no even as a little kid i was like like i watched I, I didn't get to see tom and jerry until i had already seen the simpsons yeah which saying, dissected yeah. It and, yeah you'd already so seen it's like scratchy it, yeah yeah and so it was like, eh, I, like I was like, this is stupid. This is itchy and scratchy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I think I was. I was like, man, like Jerry's an asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's Jerry. kind of what you're supposed to get. From uh, that. I mean, if Tom catches Jerry, he's going to eat him. So he's not that much of an right. asshole. That's what cats are supposed to do. Like, <laughs> Uh, oh, I mean, like, even when Tom tries to be nice to him, Jerry's just like, "Hi, you suck." <laughs> <laughs> but is Tom ever really trying to be nice, or is he really just trying to get Jerry to let his guard down? That's no, I fair. think there's a few episodes where Tom's legit, like, eh, whatever. I don't care. The owner hates me because I can't catch you. So, <laughs> oh. See, maybe it's a metaphor. My yeah. favorite episodes were whenever Tom was trying to woo a lady and then Jerry would come in and like cat block him. Those were the like the one where he makes the cig- cigarette with his uh in his cowboy outfit. Yeah. And he blows out howdy and smoke. It's so awesome. <laughs> Smoking was cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Jessica, what did you watch this week? I made a mistake. Oh no! <laughs> um, I had recorded the movie last Christmas, I think, like seven months ago, and so it's been sitting on my recording box. And my mom told me she's like, "Well, when you recorded it, I told you it was sad." And I was like, "But you knew I was going to put it on. <laughs> Remind me that it was sad." So this is the so, yeah. Amelia Clark movie. Yes, Amelia Clark and um, Henry Golding. Yeah, there we go. Really cute Asian dude. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> really cute guy. <laughs> See if the other one does it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should have known it was going to be sad. And I think basically what I was trying to do. It, well, I don't know. I guess it's okay to say spoilers at this point. It's you, been over a year. Yeah, right? I was gonna say it's it's okay. a year old. I think everybody can go ahead and spoil the movie. Okay, so. Um, but basically like you find out she had something wrong with her heart the year before and she, you know, she's kind of depressed and kind of a total selfish jerk face because of, you know, it's, it's an event that would, you know, if you don't deal with it correctly, you get trauma from it and stuff like that. So, um, and then she meets this guy, this gorgeous, perfect guy. <laughs> and you think, yeah, this is great and you find out later on which i probably would have known if i knew it was a sad movie that he's the one it's his heart that she has and she's falling in love with him but it's his heart that she has so he's dead <laughs> and she's basically seeing his ghost and i i kind of knew that's what was coming on because i was like okay he always wears the same clothes and like and he's always very just 
So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so last Christmas he gave her his heart. Yep. Yep. Yeah. In the very did, next... Yeah, literally. And that was like, it's the stupid song. And yep. the very next day she basically threw it away by like just being depressed and not doing, you know, not living her life. You know. And so he comes back, I guess, as a ghost. A year later. And makes out with her several times. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm like, help. Because I think that was my one issue with it being that. I thought, like, I kept on giving it. I was like, okay, there's definitely something weird with him. I was like, maybe it's his wife's heart that she has. Like, that was my, like, that would be sad and tragic. But, you know, whatever. I, like, I was trying to think of, like, less tragic things for so, it to be. So that than, movie. Like, Man, I really... That movie's yeah. called Saving Grace, and it's with David Duchovny. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch is like, I've seen this movie. I know. But, like, that's what I was, like, hoping for. So when it actually did end up being, like, no, it is his heart, then I was kind of like, well, why'd you have the make-out scene, though? Because, like, everything else you could be like, yeah, it's all in her head, all the other things. But, like, straight up making out by yourself on a public park bench. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 pretty much what uh, Paul Rubens got arrested for. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what? Because it implies that other people like see her with the ghost self, and it's just her like talking to herself or whatever. So I'm like, what? Like, I want the reaction of the people seeing her make out with air. Like, I just, I think that's what threw me out. I think if they took that out it would have made more sense i guess and a few things like there are some interesting things that come with like getting another person's organ in general like you do it does change your personality a little bit from what i've learned from research before is that you can get things like say you never liked seafood but the person whose heart you have loves seafood and now all of a sudden you crave seafood and you like it so like there's things like that but Straight up imagining the ghost of the person in your heart is fairly extreme, <laughs> and making out with it is a bit more extreme, too. It's but, a bit much. <laughs> so, how yeah. early in the movie do they like reveal that he's a ghost? It's pretty late on, actually. It's late. It's, okay, so it was supposed to be a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, it is supposed to be a big surprise. It is supposed to like come up on you, but like once you're like, okay, she got heart surgery, like he clearly knows. Like, I was like, okay, it has something to do with she has another organ. Like, you just knew that. It didn't ever tell you, but that she, they, like, I think halfway through the movie, you see she has the surgery scar that, you know, her chest was open. And you're like, okay. So that's when I was like, well, it's the heart of somebody that he knows or something. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's his. That's okay. I still, I, I don't want to, like, slam on this. I actually really did love it. There was a lot of other side stories that I really liked, like her relationship with her family. This also, really interesting. It took place, it takes place in London. And her family is from, oh, I think it was Yugoslavia. I, I think. God, I'm going to blank on it but it was basically a place that you know there was a war there really bad and they fled to london as refugees and Mm. as this movie is going on brexit happens Mm. like the vote happens and her mom has an utter like freak out like they're gonna you know kick me out of the country and and you even saw instances of like what was actually happening in london afterwards where a lot of people were just being racist assholes to people because of the Brexit vote. So I thought that was really like, although like the main plot, you're like, eh, but there was a lot of side elements to it. A lot of the things about coming out of depression, dealing with your family and dealing with like who you are and getting back to who you were after you go through something really traumatic. It's actually is a great 
film and great representation of it. So I just wish it had a happier ending. <laughs> Wait, so the, is the happy ending that she like she buys a motorcycle? Is she going to give uh, his heart away that way, or what's happening? No, the happy ending is basically she sort of decides to live again. She decides to be healthy and to start caring for other people and to not be so selfish. And she decides to be a better person. But I think it's implied that she is getting back to who she was before her heart surgery. So that's sort Hmm. of what it's about. It's about, you know, you have this chance to live because of me. Please actually use it. Please (laughs) live. So what you're telling me is that she had a fever like dream from infection from the heart being like kind of rejecting like after a year. (laughs) I get it. It's it's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. She pulls through and then decides she needs to live. Okay. I'm all for it. (laughs) Didn't Ricky Gervais have a movie where he got like a colonoscopy and because of a near-death experience, now he can see ghosts too? Is that what Ghost Town is about? (laughs) Is that that one? I don't know. I think it's. Is it I was waiting down? for it, for you to connect like the idea of like the heart thing to his rectum somehow. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's all one big tube, you know. Uh, no, we're all just a straw. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, the other thing that I kind of liked about it, well, it's called Last Christmas, but it has actually the whole soundtrack has a bunch of George Michael songs in it and Wham songs. Ooh. And I'm like listening to it. Like, I didn't realize I liked this many Wham and George Michael songs. What are you talking about? How? <laughs> They're like, amazing. They are. I was like, I didn't realize I liked all these. Like, this is great. I'm going to go listen to George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I just, I didn't expect us to get Olivia Clark to be the, um, the Sparrow Academy Klaus. In this, like that—that's so crazy. Oh wow, that was you had a journey quite a way to get to that. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Did you have another one? Because I know you're talking about watching another Christmas movie. Um. Well, I think John is going to talk about my other one. Oh, I actually—I should know. I did record it, but I'm pretty sure I saw Last Christmas on HBO Max as well. Yes, I believe it is on HBO Max at the okay, moment. Sorry. So. But, but yeah, my yeah my other one was I actually watched it I think when it came out um, the the Lego Star Wars uh. holiday special. So. <laughs> you can have that one. <laughs> oh oh no okay it's been a while so I, I was hoping. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I watched the Lego Star Wars holiday special while I was stuck in the airport a while ago and it's just hilariously cute and adorable and just filled with Easter eggs from like every single star Wars movie and show. And it's great. It's a short and it's a fun time and it's Legos and it's adorable. Go watch it. Disney plus. (laughs) Disney plus Lego star Wars holiday special. Yep. John, what did you watch this week? So, I decided to rewatch a movie I haven't seen since I want to say 1986. No, um, okay. Oh. When it was in constant rotation on HBO during the time that we had it back in the day. Um, this was Santa Claus the movie. That's right. The Dudley Moore vehicle. Um, this is pre Tim Allen, folks. <laughs> yes, this what? does not have the E at the end. 
So Santa Claus the movie, um, I I remember it. I had some fond memories, uh, especially because I remember there was a cross promotion going on at the time with McDonald's, and instead of toys, that, that one time they were giving out like storybooks of the movie, like little golden books about the movie. Interesting. Which pissed me off because I, you know, wanted toys <laughs> not to read, but I kept the book because I just thought <laughs> the images were really well done. And rewatching the movie. Uh, this was produced by the Selkins, who did Superman in the 80s, mm. and directed by Gino Schwartz, who did Supergirl. And boy, does this movie look like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the special effects look like, especially some of the early, early North Pole stuff. It was like, wow, it looks like Krypton suddenly appearing here. Um, <laughs> and... This movie had some really interesting production. Like they had some huge sets, and they had a lot of really cool North Pole, uh, you know, like backgrounds and stuff inside the their little wooden cabins and everything. Whatever, where the elves do all the workshop stuff. But man, is this story so weird and disjointed? This felt like it must have been like a four or six hour movie that they trimmed down to like an hour and. 40 minutes because they're like yo we need to like cut this down <laughs> like it literally starts it's essentially it's a retelling of the legend of santa claus from like the starting the 12th century um okay. and it goes all the way up to essentially present time 1985 when this movie was filmed so it begins with santa claus and mrs claus in this case in this movie her first name is anya claus He's literally like a, 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 what do you call it, lumberjack, I guess, in some kind of Norwegian country um, at the time. And him and his wife get stuck in a snowstorm while they're out delivering toys because they have no children. So as a hobby, because he's a woodworker, he likes to carve and whittle, you know, little horses and soldiers or whatever for kids and deliver them. So he gets stuck in a snowstorm. I want to believe that they freeze to death. Um, And then all of a sudden, this light descends from the sky. And they are surrounded by all these colorful looking little people that introduce themselves to be elves. And they're like, hey, you can come with us and be immortal. And then you can keep delivering toys to all the children in the world forever. So... I'm taking it as, oh, this is some kind of purgatory then. (laughs) It's death or you're eternally like in servitude to these weird creatures that never receive any explanation. Now, they do do a decent job of incorporating uh, Santa Claus lore into it. Like they tell you how he got his red suit because before he was just wearing like furs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um (laughs) <laughs> they explain like the the uh, reindeer because originally he only had uh, I think Dasher and Donner were his only two reindeer and the whole rest of them were already living in the North Pole with these elves um, they explain how the deer can fly um, how Santa can do all the deliveries in one night uh, mm-hmm. you know basically magic is the short you know version of that but you know they go a little bit more into it and so it starts to show the progression of Santa kind of just going through time, how things change. Sometime in the 17th century, I want to say, that's when Mrs. Claus gets the idea of like, hey, if kids are being naughty, we should have two separate lists. 
Mm-hmm. And so Santa Claus orders his head elf, like, yeah, I want you to make a naughty list and a nice list. And I'm going to check it twice. And I was like, ah, I got it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and what, during one Christmas, the head elf is reading the, the night before Christmas um, poem, I guess, out loud. And like Santa Claus is technically hearing it for the first time. And when they describe Santa Claus as being, you know, with rosy cheeks and like a belly full of jelly or whatever that line of the thing is, Santa Claus gets offended. He was like, "What do you mean a belly full of jelly? Like, what's?" And then he's like checking his stomach, like, "Am I fat or something?" <laughs> <laughs> Which, yes, he was. Um, but you know, like, he just didn't understand that it was meant in love. And so, like, it gets to modern times, and again, like, you go from like, okay, 11th century lumberjack that is now basically like signing a pact with these alien creatures for life or for eternity (laughs) to now this is just his full-time job and he loves it but now in modern times you know there's modern problems such as you know people don't believe in santa claus as much um and (laughs) okay i'm gonna try to keep track of all these different side stories so he befriends a homeless boy in new york because he just happens to see a homeless boy by a fire. And he's like, hey, that guy looks lonely. I'm going to go talk to him. And he takes him on a sleigh ride to help him deliver toys. Meanwhile, Dudley Moore, who plays an elf called Patch in the North Pole, has ambitions. And he wants to be promoted to head elf. And he decides to incorporate the assembly line to Santa's workshop. Okay. I mean, so he invents this like wooden powered machine that's all like lever based and like they're turning dials and you see how like okay things are being put together relatively quickly you know he totally beats the other elf that was previously in charge because like Santa Claus comes and looks and like Dudley Moore has like a big old pile of toys and the other guy has like a little bench with like 10 <laughs> items on it or something it looks really dismal and so he gets the promotion. But the machine didn't get quality tested or something because all the toys break on Christmas Day and oh. they get returned to, to the North Pole. Like the head elf what? is just kind of like looking at some inventory stuff and suddenly all these broken toys just crash through like their fireplace. Somehow <laughs> they got returned because people didn't want them anymore. So then Dudley Moore gets fired as head elf. And he actually wow. quits. He, he knows he's going to get fired, so he quits. So he decides to come to New York so and to lost. prove himself to Santa Claus. He goes under the employ of a crooked toy manufacturer played by John Lithgow. Now, this is in the third act of the movie, mind you. Like this we've is a had lot. In, yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this, this movie is crazy, packed with all these weird things. They, these people must have been on cocaine. That's all I can say. <laughs> It was the and 80s. Honestly, all I can think of about Little Patch the Elf is that elf from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that sings the Misfit song. Why am I such a misfit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and ironically, there's no Rudolph in this movie, but I think that that's because that would imply that the other reindeer were assholes and they didn't want to include that little side plot. But okay, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. The other reindeer are assholes, but so is Santa Claus. <laughs> if you actually watch it, Santa Claus like doesn't help at all. Santa Claus is like, uh, y- you need to fix that nose. <laughs> He's so rude. I was like, yeah, you got cancer or something going on there. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure in the six-hour cut, in the Snatter cut of this movie, there was a <laughs> Rudolph side plot. Um, so yeah, and and then it turns out that this crooked toy manufacturer, which by the way, there, it's his introduction to the movie is during this like 
a grand jury inquisition of like, hey, your toys are like really unsafe. And they do a demonstration. They take one of his dolls, they drop a cigarette on it, and it immediately is engulfed in flames. Oh, it's a bag and of glass. Then... <laughs> oh, it's a bag of glass. <laughs> you know, they, actually, they actually do that. Yeah, that was with Dan Aykroyd. Um, no, they have... Uh, they then bring out a teddy bear and it says, what are your teddy bears stuffed with? And he says, well, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever, 50 percent, probably whatever fibers. They cut the teddy bear's head off. They empty the filling and it's like broken glass and nails. <laughs> like, so he needs to, like, you know, work on his image. And that's when he runs into Patch, who's now in New York looking for, like, some way to redeem himself. So they get together and Patch says, hey, I can make something that no one else can make. I can make, you know, lollipops that will make kids fly. Like, what better way to celebrate the Christmas spirit? So he does that. Well, and, yeah, and, it, it, and they work. Like, literally, like, he goes around with his own modified sleigh to deliver candy to everyone that has a Christmas tree, basically. They do a huge commercial for it. They have all these sexy, like, dressed elf backup dancers while he's doing this commercial. It, it, I, I, I'm doing it a disservice by describing this because you have to really watch it to really understand the madness of everything that's happening. Like, I, mean, it, I, I don't know how else to say it other than, wow, like, my six-year-old self had really low standards for entertainment. <laughs> I think I, that's all I, of us, honestly. We were all in it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You might need to bring I up your audio it. a little bit, Stephen. Huh? You might need to bring up your audio a little bit. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, so, like, I remember just really loving this movie as a kid just because of, like, how colorful it was, I think, and seeing, like, the workshop scenes. But, like, the actual, like, side plots of all the stuff happening in the real world, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> it's just, like, really bizarre. Uh, so... When- when you first started describing it, I thought like maybe it was going to be that the Santa Claus with Tim Allen was like a remake of some sort. That is not the direction that that. Went. Oh no. no! Oh no! Not at all. Yeah. No. As, a, as a matter of fact, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, I feel, is like a hundred percent more coherent <laughs> and plausible. And plausible. Like that could be a documentary compared to this movie, which just I feels mean, like a really weird Christmas eggnog fever dream. It's kind of the same thing, like because Santa Claus dies on Tim Allen's roof, like he's now forever in purgatory of having to be Santa Claus also. No, but there is the escape clause. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't go that far. Isn't that like the third oh. movie? <laughs> that, listen, guys, let's not get into spoiler territory. Too. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's the Mrs. Claus. The second one is Mrs. Claus, <laughs> like right? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, what is her name? She's the one I'm lost. Because he's required to find a wife. Elizabeth Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, like I, I'm so curious about this movie now, John. Like I right, want to yeah. go find this to go watch it. Yes. Yeah, but I feel like the only adequate way to watch it is high on cocaine. <laughs> like I feel like that's the only way we can actually absorb all of the things John is describing having going on. Actually, I feel like if you just got some of the medicinal lollipops, you'll be just fine. Like you'll be doing the exact same thing the kids are. If you can supplement that feeling like you're flying while you watch it, you'll be right in the zone for this movie. <laughs> 
So where did you watch it at, John, so that everybody else could go and also enjoy this fever pitch, <laughs> this yeah. fever dream? Uh, this this was available on Amazon Prime. It's not well, no, it's not free. You have to rent it. It was only two bucks, so it was it wasn't that bad. Well, there you go. Yeah, all the super, way from 1986. <laughs> I was gonna say Superman the movie. No, it's called Santa Claus the movie. But it does have kryptonite in it, so there's that. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, there's just some weird stuff going on in here. <laughs> uh, okay. Steven, it's your turn. What did you watch this week? I thought I was going to get to have this whole cool moment with John. Where it's like, oh, you watched the first Santa Claus. I watched the second one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was under the impression that we were supposed to watch movies that we had never seen before. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> okay. See, only I, only I, you I and Jessica. What was huh? that? Yeah. Oh, oh cl- classic internet podcasting. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. no. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't watch this one because I had never seen this one before. I haven't seen the second or third Santa Claus movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a... I was sure it was a movie I watched. Um, <laughs> like, that's... It, it's... I like the second one. I think I like the second one more than the first one, but like I like I like (laughs) rom coms. I am one of those sappy people that wants a love story in my Christmas movie. I'm so no, no, no. You, you and Naima both like that. That's what she wants out of all Christmas movies. And so, like, after we finished watching this one together, I was like, okay, no, I see why you like this one. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, like I just. There's so many off ramps for this movie where while you're watching it, it's like, I, you guys didn't need to do that or that. And like, so the, the, the main pitch for the story, I'm sure plenty of people have seen this movie, so I don't need to rehash this movie for them. But the movie starts off with uh, Scott Calvin's kid has, got, has taken up doing graffiti. He, he's tagging the, like the, the basketball court, I guess. <laughs> um, he's tagging like basically saying that the principal is a Grinch. She's like, no Christmas, and he does this like on like four different occasions where he's doing things to the principal, and it's all supposed to be about her being like a Christmas, an anti-Christmas grump. And mm-hmm. the way that this is resolved, or like the the idea behind the whole thing, is that he's so hurt. That he knows that his dad is Santa, the best thing ever, but he can't tell anybody. So he has just internalized this woe and has been getting it out by going, like hitting the streets, picking up a spray can and talking crap about his principal. Who honestly doesn't come off as very like anti-Christmas, but that's the main thrust of his graffiti against her. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't know. Um, But like throughout the whole movie like it turns out that santa has to have a mrs clause which you can find more about on my twitter twitter.com slash but yeah like he um he has to have a mrs clause and so while he's away from the north pole trying to find a mrs clause in i think it was 27 days how many days he had some arbitrary Uh, number yeah Yeah. like some really (laughs) tiny number like obviously like the North Pole is in still like maximum like showtime kind of gear up mode for Christmas. And he goes down uh, to wherever his kid lives um, to go find himself a lady and try to help his kid. (laughs) And let's be realistic. He does not help his kid at all. He just (laughs) does his Santa shit the whole time uh, and uses his, uses kind of abuses his Santa powers to woo this blonde lady. 
uh, like the whole time. Like he goes and he gives Christmas presents to um, to like some other teachers and stuff who are all at a Christmas party together and just being like Christmas grumps. And we we see Santa powers on display here. He just automatically knows everyone's names and their like nicknames. Little kids are shown to just know who he is. He makes um what is it the like mistletoe just appear above himself when he wants to go like kiss the blonde lady finally like what is going on in this movie man? <laughs> we, expanded, we expanded the lore in this movie in like the same kind of way that they did for the superman movies where you're like whoa wait what was that like cellophane s superman threw on that guy yeah <laughs> That's the kind of thing they're doing with Santa Claus here. And, you know, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> You're not here for it, huh? No. And the in the first movie, because I had just seen some stuff from the first movie, the reindeer that we see, the first reindeer, uh, where he's like, what am, I, what am I supposed to do? Put, put on the suit? Like, what is all this? That reindeer, I, I was marveling at how good of an animatronic that was for the time. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, this looks really good. And then the second movie just oh, shits yeah. all over it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the second one is just talking. Like they they have comment in there, and he's just like <laughs> the whole time. Like literally that voice. They're like comment, you can't eat candy bars. <laughs> and it hurt my heart. And then they had they had this reindeer that was clearly supposed to be kind of like a like a Rudolph kind of stand-in. Uh, I forget. It's oh, its name was Chet. Um, and I think its name was Chet just so later on it got to say its own name because it said, oh, Chet. Ah. And it sounded like it said, oh, shit. Because uh, you know it's good for a kid's movie or a family yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. so it got to say its own name one time. And it's voiced by the lady that does like all the assorted kids voices in <laughs> The Simpsons and Futurama. So she just sounds like kind of like Tommy Pickles as Chet the whole time. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I, this movie is it's 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 there, and you can watch it on Disney Plus. But you don't need to do that to yourself. <laughs> well, you can do it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm looking forward it to watching the third you. one next week with Martin Short. <laughs> Who's he play? Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Of yeah. course. Of course. I mean, if you want to watch, if you want to watch another terrible Martin Short movie, go ahead and go watch Cri- Clifford. It might be better. <laughs> It won't be. Uh, I mean, you get to see Kevin Pollock as a tooth fairy. That's always great. That's who that was. Yep. The whole time, all I could think that was if they made that movie now, I know exactly who they would cast for all of the other like <laughs> um, mythical beings. Let's, let's hear it. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. Well, so for, for that one, that would have been Robert De Niro. Okay. For the like, Cupid? Basically playing the same kind of character that he played in like Stardust. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I could also see them going with like The Rock because the whole thing that he's supposed to be doing is being like, I'm manly though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, I'm torn on the Easter Bunny one because the Easter Bunny is just a fever dream in this movie. <laughs> like, he's got some, like weird, like fuzzy costume thing going on. I don't know. I, I, I realized I didn't even get into the fake Santa that they left up in the North Pole. You know what? Uh, I'm glad I've left this intentionally vague because I cleared it on purpose. Uh, now you can watch the movie untainted by my recounting of this movie. Um, but with but, 
the taint of your utter distaste for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It can only go up from there, guys. It's there you fine. go. Um, I just want to say, though, if anyone wanted to watch a genuinely good Christmas movie, um, kind of in the same kind of vein with the whole history of Santa thing that John had been talking about, the other movie, um, there's an animated movie on Netflix that I'm sure I talked about last year um, called Klaus yep. that everyone should watch. It's that is very a very good, good movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's animated beautifully. Like I think it should be a Christmas classic. There okay. you go. Uh, Santa Claus to the Mrs. Claus uh, on <laughs> Disney Plus. So yep. for my Christmas watch, I watched my favorite Christmas movie. I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It is yeah. just <laughs> a great, funny movie that I will enjoy every year. Uh, it is the reason why I love to decorate my house because <laughs> one time I, I would I would hope that I could get that many lights onto one house. But then as an adult, I realized I do not want to pay that power bill. So, uh, well, I actually did the math on how much it would cost. I don't remember. It's like, exorbitant. I mean, maybe if you, if living down here in Yuma, Arizona and we have enough solar panels, maybe you don't have to pay anything. There are not <laughs> enough solar panel. There's not enough solar panel space on our roof. <laughs> <laughs> it might work. Just say, Anyways, that, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I know it's a part of the whole National Lampoon Vacation series of movies, uh, but it is my favorite out of all of them. Vegas Vacation comes in pretty quick. Uh, vacation, European Vacation is probably the last one. But it's, it's to me, I don't know. It's, it's my Christmas movie. It's what gets me into the mood, and uh, I just enjoy it. So, Ooh, baby. I mean... Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's something about that Chevy Chase. <laughs> something about that Chevy Chase. Uh, and, and you know what's the biggest part? Why? How you know that is a, it's a completely fictitious movie? Because at the end, his, the, the CEO of the company he worked for learns the error of his ways and gives him double his Christmas bonus from last year. That shit would never <laughs> happen. <laughs> uh, okay. So I I don't know if it's on anything. It's it's actually you know what it's streaming on AMC Plus. If you have that streaming uh, platform, I don't. I just own the movie. So. <laughs> we I just own all the movies. About, what was that, Steven? That's true. Um, I I was thinking about watching uh, like The Great Outdoors okay. yesterday. It's yeah. not it's not Christmassy, but I don't know. It just feels like the right time of year to watch that movie. What well, I mean. It's about- Family, yeah, way, so. I guess that would be a reason why the family aspect of it. But I mean, they're mm-hmm. obviously up there. They're they're on vacation during the summer to mm-hmm. get out of the city, get out of the heat. That's mm-hmm. why I did it for our my Labor Day watch. Yeah, it's a good time for it. It's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> okay, that's it. Let's let's go ahead and wrap it up. How does every you know where where can people be found? No, I'm just joking, John. I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> He might. Uh, he might do no, that. No, we'll keep going. That's fine. Don't talk over you. <laughs> it's time. It's time to talk about the season two finale of The Mandalorian and all of its glory. So, who 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 did you think when the X wing showed up? Did you immediately think it was going to be Luke? Yes. In fact, when the X wing showed up, I paused it and said, "No, these sons of bitches." <laughs> 
I did not. I really didn't. I thought it was going to be torn up entirely. Why does it always have to? Go ahead. It's a single X-wing, and he's not responding, or and they're not responding. And I was like, "It's freaking Luke!" I was like, "These sons of bitches!" <laughs> like, what would his What would his What would his uh, What would have his call sign been at this point? Uh, it could have been Rogue Leader or Red Five, depending on yeah what it was. Because the last time we saw him flying in combat was in beginning of empire and he was rogue leader at the time i'm assuming he kept that designation i I don't know because he might be doing his own thing at this point because the battle of jakku has already happened the empire has fallen so i don't think luke like stayed with the new republic navy i think he went and did his own thing so So, this uh, is my issue as much as i've heard for the last Five years uh, since The Force Awakens came out, fans of Star Wars, all I've heard for, I mean, maybe not not all the fans, and I hate it when people do that because it's not all the fans, it's certain fans, but a good majority of people that I keep hearing from is like, why do we have to stick with the Skywalker family? And yet, I like the Skywalker family. (laughs) Yet we come to this, it's a whole new story, it's a whole new set of people, and yet we still end up in the Skywalker family in the end. Yeah. I, um, I didn't say this on the podcast last week, which I should have, but, but I did have the thought driving home thinking about the finale and thinking it actually makes sense for it to be Luke because you actively know Luke tried to restart the Jedi mm-hmm. at this time frame. So I was like, actually, it would make sense for it to be Luke because he actually was looking for Force-sensitive children. So he would be the one Jedi that would be listening to, hey, somebody's speaking out through a rock. (laughs) But then I was like, but no, I don't want it to be that because then (laughs) does that not mean that Kylo Ren freaking tries to kill Grogu? (laughs) (laughs) And who knows? Maybe he succeeded. (laughs) I'm telling you, he couldn't have succeeded because there would be no more Kylo Ren. (laughs) I know you can't because everybody loves Kylo Ren. Like, there's a good amount of Star Wars people that absolutely are in love with Kylo Ren and his dark thing. So it's it's like the writers of Star Wars are like, oh, you like Kylo Ren? Well, what if we had him kill Grogu? Would that be evil? (laughs) (laughs) Would you still love him? So John, you know, I don't know if you you answered. Did you did you immediately think Skywalker? Did you immediately think Luke? Um, I was conflicted the whole time until the the reveal. I was like, no, this this isn't him. This is some kind of misdirect. I even went to possibly saying, oh, this could be Leia. Um, I don't know how they would have pulled that off, but uh, you know, she at this point would have also been in the process of training to be a Jedi. Uh, she also could very well pilot an X-wing. Um, just the whole—I mean, it, the more the closer and closer I got, the more obvious it was that it was Luke. I just yeah. couldn't accept it. I was like, "No, they're not going to do this. They, they, <laughs> there's no way that this is where uh, they're going with it." Yeah. No, I was and more then, like, "Is it Sebastian Stan or is it yeah. that CGI stuff?" That was me. I was like, "Okay, who is it? Is it Sebastian Stan or is it CGI? Let's find it." <laughs> Yeah, that CGI, that that de aging on him, on or at least it wasn't him. It's some act, some yeah. actor that they had, and they yeah. just put his face over. It just did not look good. 
I, uh, it's really yeah, bad. It should be Sebastian Stan at this point yeah, if they're going to do that. I don't. I, I get it. I get why you make that choice because there are people out there that are like Mark Hamill is the only one who can play Luke Skywalker, and I'm just like, I don't. I would rather have a person that resembles Mark Hamill at this point, and maybe even you could do Mark Hamill's voice or something over it and have Sebastian Stan lip it. I don't think we would do it because he's also handed the torch on the Joker to Troy Baker. So yeah, I think he's already set a precedent for just being like, you know what? Yeah. He did do the voice on this one, though. Yeah, he did do the voice on this one. So well, it's, I'm like, I, I don't need that. I don't need that for anything. I don't know what it is about now. I mean, you used to be able to recast people in shows all the time and nobody really bat an eye. I don't understand why nowadays, if you recast a character, it's like, ooh, it's the end of the world. I'm like, no, it's it's a character. It has nothing to do with who acts them. As long as they act that character well, that's all you need. You just need a decent actor to be the character. The character and the actor are not the same person. It's but the that's, social media. It's the yeah. internet, yeah. Yeah, so... Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Luke showing up, and it, it looked a lot like the same CGI they used for Leia in Rogue One, which was also pretty bad. So it had and the same. Tarkin. It had the same and Tarkin, yeah. With the lips that Leia had, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, Tarkin, I think he he was better, honestly, than Leia was. But I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that I feel it's different. I actually thought Tarkin was a little worse than Leia. Really? I, I don't yeah. know. I thought it was the but, other one, um, too. Yeah. I yeah, I thought Tarquin was a little... I think just mainly, like, it looks good in a photo of it, like all the articles you get now, because, holy mm-hmm. crap, I think I watched it when I watched it, because literally, like, two hours later, Google was telling <laughs> me about it. But, um, <laughs> but like, all the photos of it, it looks good, but it's whenever they do the movements of mm-hmm. the face and the talking, it just, you can't, it's not a person... At the same time, I'm like, it's still pretty impressive if you still tell, oh, yeah, that's Luke Skywalker. That's definitely a young version of Mark Hamill. So I feel like it's impressive, but still would prefer to have Sebastian Stan that already looks like Mark Hamill. <laughs> I'm so confused to this day about how that kind of thing happens. Like, I, I know how it happens, like, technically, but mm-hmm. how can we still have that happen when there's Andy Serkis out there doing all, like, the insane stuff? <laughs> and that goes as well as that does. Even if you manipulate his face shape and change it to something that's entirely different proportions, which is one of the main problems with making one person's face into another in performance capture. Yeah. Like, you, there's amazing tech demos of him doing stuff that's it's all live, and they swap between a digital version of his face, his actual face on camera, and then like an alien face. That's like where the, the different parts of the face are put into different areas entirely. And still looks good and convincing, you know. So I, I, I don't know how we haven't gotten better at this. Like, why do the Winklevoss twins look more convincing than this? <laughs> That's because they filmed him twice. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, look at the de aging on Kurt Russell in in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Like, that looks pretty great. Or Stan Lee in In Game. Like, that looks pretty good. But that's obviously they still got that actor to be there, and then they put. They just de-aged parts of the face, as opposed to this was putting Mark Hamill's mm-hmm. face on top of the actor's bu- face. Like, it- I think they did a good job with Samuel Jackson as well in Captain Marvel. Honestly, I yes. never was really grumpy about that one ever. No. Oh yeah. And they did that for the whole movie, which was it worked out mm-hmm. really well. But he mm-hmm. still kind of looks a, almost about the same as he did back then. Like his face hasn't what? changed much. No way. His Sam- face has changed so much. Sam Jackson? I don't think so. I don't know, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, why is it that with all the technology that you have to to build droids, <laughs> that you still make mm-hmm. them in the form of humans? Like it is not the best like <laughs> form. Like as you can see, when they go to fight Luke, those dark troopers, like they're they're hindered by the fact that they're humanoid. If they were a different shape, it might have worked out better. I'm always confused about why they put like the center processor or something in the head. <laughs> like we see, we see him damage the head of the thing, and the whole thing's like, oh nope, I'm broken now. It's, it's, it's like narcissism why, why from mankind. I guess that's true. It's probably it a little be, bit of narcissism. It distributed network of processing, like like an octopus, well, where each part wasn't operates it, up. In in uh, Attack of the Clones, this isn't like. C-3PO change heads out or something like that and he it's, that's not where his processor is I I, I've never watched that movie Roger Roger something like that yes that did happen okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> just, let, just sit, let's sit there and let me dangle alright thanks yes yes we will <laughs> Uh, no, that was. I mean, uh, uh, if John Favreau knows how to do anything he knows how to do an Iron Man landing and takeoff doesn't he though yeah, <laughs> got those to happen. But this episode was directed by Peyton Reed, who directed uh, who directed the Ant Man movies, and will be doing the third Ant Man movie. So, and he's done one episode of of this show already. So, yeah, he did the Frog Lady episode with the giant spiders, the passenger, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that the the um, the alien that he got the quest from or whatever was kind of a nod to that, right? Yeah, the. Uh, the alien, the uh, ant-looking alien, or mantis-faced alien. Mm. I I have two big commentaries for this one, and then I just want to sit here and listen as people go off and talk about the implications for this in the greater part of Star Wars lore. Oh, no. um, one, like, w- like welcome back and goodbye, uh, Bib Fortuna. Like, sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, and then two, way to go to Ludwig on the score for this during the part with the dark troopers. Oh yeah, that was gorgeous. When when it started, I was like, oh no, is that robot sounds? And then yeah. it going and I was like, oh no, that's soundtrack. That's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to so that bad. point, we didn't talk about this when they reintroduced Boba Fett, but they were giving him uh, a little bit of uh, theme music that sounded like the Prowler from... Um, into the spider verse a little bit yeah and i liked it uh-huh. it was I definitely like reminiscence of the slave one though i think that's what they were introducing into his theme music uh, some of the engine sound maybe. yeah yeah mm. i like it i thought it worked makes sense to me uh, did any, I, actually, I guess i have three i'm sorry okay I'm go sorry. ahead <laughs> did anyone else think at the end of this thing uh in the post-credit sequence when they said the whole like uh book of boba fett that that was that wasn't saying another series. I don't know if you guys had seen the show before uh-huh. this was already out. I seen this episode before that was already out mm-hmm. uh, in the news and stuff. I thought that was going to be them talking about what book three of the Mandalorian would be. No, that's, that's no. what I took it as. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one, John. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I well, just watched it now, so I didn't to- know. Yeah, it's mm. supposed to be coming out of close to, if not around the same time that season three of The Mandalorian is supposed to premiere. And I'm like, they wouldn't stack them over each other like that. 
would they? You know, like I would have figured they'd want to space them out. I think they at this might. point they have to. Like they they pushed back everything into twenty twenty one that they ha- they're like, well, we're just gonna do everything all at once now. <laughs> yeah. You're now all going to stay inside in 2021, not because you have to, but because (laughs) we want you to. If only they had something that you could watch quick bites on your phone while you're out and about doing stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that that failed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Disney could do Quibi and make it successful, guys. Let's not even talk about it. I honestly, I go on Disney Plus a lot just to watch a bunch of shorts. So I literally just go to the shorts category. Watch a playlist. Watch a bunch of quick bites. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Those, those, those modern Mickey Mouse cartoons that are done in the old style of like the mm-hmm. 30s animation, but they're like so updated. Fun. Those are crazy. They are super <laughs> fun. I also, they currently have, it's a very new ride and I got to go on it, but it's Mickey's Runaway Railroad. That is that cartoon in 3D all over your face. It's great. It's all over so your wonderful. face. I love that. Oh, I don't know if I like how that's described. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, you, you might want to re- rethink that description. No, she knew exactly okay. what she was saying. It's okay. <laughs> no, I'm just not as. <laughs> I didn't think that. I was just. Like- yeah, thank you. Like, I was exactly, I was thinking, that sounds like the on cocaine experience we're talking about. Right? <laughs> yes, it's a ride of you on cocaine and stuck inside a the newer yet kind of sort of older looking Mickey Mouse cartoon. And it's it's like, awesome. I go, I, it's I, I go on that ride. I can't feel my teeth anymore. <laughs> first, first thing I want to say is we don't kink shame here. And second, <laughs> uh, getting back to the Mandalorian, uh, how dumb is what? how dumb is the 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 rules of the dark saber that it can't just be given? Come on, really? It threw me off. No, it's, so it's not. It's not that they're dumb. They're inconsistent. Yes, because I saw, I was like, that scene happened, and she's like, I can't take it. I got on a battle. And I was like, didn't Sabine just give it to you? Like, <laughs> That's where I was like, you didn't fight Sabine for it. So right now, it's technically Sabine's. Like, it was never yours then. No, that- they're, going, they're going off of uh, Deathly Hollow's logic. You know, the Elder One has to be one. And that's what this is. This is this is essentially the Elder One of Star Wars. It's one of a kind. It's, you know, powerful and it has all this history with it. And if I don't, and, Yeah. And it kind of pisses me off that it's like trying to set up, oh, now the Mandalorian is the head of the Mandalorian. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, just take it. <laughs> just, like, just take the goddamn I really, I really oh, wanted Grogu God. to end up taking it at the end. Just be like, oh, thank you. That's mine now. Thank you. I need this. I'm going on the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, give it to Grogu. That'll be his uh, practice saber. I feel like it's not the best for a practice saber, but sure. Uh, I mean, w- any guesses on what color he's going to get? Does it does it have to be blue or green? Nope. Uh-uh. No. Can be yellow Grogu? or pink. Yeah, Grogu. No. <laughs> He's going to be red because he's going to be a Sith, guys. <laughs> much hatred and fear I sense in him. I mean, is he is he going to make it that far, or is Kylo going to, or is, I'm sorry, is Ben Solo going to kill him? You know what? I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say that Grogu's going to be all right because if Kylo Ren had hurt even like a tiny little great Thank hair on you. the wrinkled head, Mandalorian would have like 
killed him and there wouldn't have been a force awakens I, that is what i kept telling but she's like yeah, no no true. i'm like yeah I yeah mean, <laughs> yeah I look at what just happened i mean i was right before that I honestly, happen. yeah, I was gonna say honestly, I don't see how they can have this show go on for a third season without its moneymaker. So I assume <laughs> he's going to go to the school wherever that is, pick up Grogu and be like, "You need to come with me." And you're, we're going to see a de-aged Adam Driver, <laughs> <laughs> like a five-year-old Adam Driver, yeah, exactly. Oh, they should use that Snapchat filter that makes you look like a kid. That'd be so great. He's still like super tall. Long hair, just has a baby face. <laughs> oh, another thing I wanted to bring up. The pilot that was in the um, that Imperial ship that was holding the, the scientist. He's all sitting there talking about like how he was on the Death Star that killed Alderaan. No, he would have been way too young, right? Like, that happened um, a while ago. I, I have an explanation for this. He still has the time traveling powers from Agents of Shield. <laughs> I'm so glad that someone else on the podcast remembers Agents of Shield other than Elizabeth and myself. How long was it though? Because this is what five. They've said it's five years after the fall of the Emperor Empire. So that. But Alderaan was in. Alderaan blowing up was in the first movie, right? In in New yeah, Hope. Let's yeah. it's like what? How much time passes between the first movie and the third movie? It's been about ten years now at this point. It's been 10 years now. So, yeah, he probably was just like a little yuppie. I'm, well, I mean, the, the dude cannot be older than 29. He can't be in his 30s, right? Like, he would have been. He, he could definitely like he be in his 30s. 30s. No, he was, I, I he, still look like I'm 21 and I'm he, turning 30 this week. So, like. <laughs> not this he week. Was on a, Mitch, he was on a field trip. Ah, he was. A, this is where you could come and work one day. Yeah, <laughs> watch as we blow up this planet of people and the the audacity of him to be like, we celebrated when Alderaan was killed, and then how could you be so glib about all the people that died on those Death Stars? It's like, fuck you. Like, come on. Well, actually, I actually kind of liked that in a way because it does show what other like what you kind of sort of see on the. TV series, but not the TV, the animated series as well, is that the people who work for the Emperor, they're not like Nazis. The First Order people are Nazis, but like the people that work for the <laughs> Emperor are not Nazis. They're just, it's their government. They're just government workers. They're no. federal workers exactly doing their job. <laughs> Like, no, I mean, just like, order I mean there are the people like they think <laughs> this is my government that I'm told that these they're rebellious. I'm told that they're traitors. I'm pretty sure that makes them Nazis. Yeah, it kind of does. Okay, it does. <laughs> but, but the I, moment I you blow up a whole planet of people. There are the ones that think they're just okay. fighting. But think terrorists. about think about what the U.S. did in World War II. Yes, I understand that. It is terrible. Oh, yeah. I didn't join the military either, though. You weren't alive. <laughs> yeah. But like I, every government does this when you're at war with somebody, when you have a rebellion go through, like you don't tell your soldiers, oh, well, it's all really conflicting. Like they have their issues. Now you tell them, no, they're terrorists. Like that's what yeah. you do. One oh man's God, terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. That's right. Yeah, and then it. It takes you to pull back as yourself and realize, oh no, we're the messed up ones. Like, <laughs> I just punched a baby. A Are we the bad guys? <laughs> Are we <dead? laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, Jessica does. She does. She's got a point because yeah. it, 
depends what you've been told, the history that you've that you've been provided. History no, I, by its winners. I do hope that this is actually the area that we end up exploring because that was one of the most interesting things of I forget the name of the the game, but the game with Iden Versio, um, that Star Wars game. Star Wars Battlefront Two. Yeah, the yeah. whole pitch for that game is that they were they were like bad guys, but that doesn't make them bad guys. You know? Yeah, it, it, was that, it was the Cinder thing that actually changed a lot of when the Empire was attacking its own nor its own planets, and then mm. that was when you had you know people like Aiden going, uh, "No, this is not okay. We're the government. We lost." Why are we attacking our own people now? We should be doing other ways to, you know, get gain back control kind of thing. Even squad. That, that was too. the whole point mm-hmm. of it. And that's why also the big difference between the Emperor and the First Order is the First Order doesn't do that crap. They don't let free thought in at all. They program their soldiers to think a certain way so that they don't have to deal with people getting a consciousness. They don't have to deal with people, you know, like Finn. Mm-hmm. All the time going, no, I'm not okay with shooting these people. They constantly, re- it, they even say it, they reprogram them. Actually, you see a good representation of it on the show Star Wars Resistance, in which one of the young characters actually joins the First Order, thinking that it's just the government. They're here to protect us. And they kind of mention, yeah, we're not going to program her yet. She has good information in her head. So, just you did actually like tangentially get into a thing that's like what I want most out of this. What we've been getting out of this whole series has been them using the characters from the pre-existing source material now, like the Disney source material, um, to then make more interesting in live action than they were in what they were in before, kind of, I guess. Um, Even the things that are good, they're bringing them into this. I really want them to redeem Captain Phasma and make Captain Phasma worthwhile. In oh, this show, yeah. or another show, like I, th- why do, did Captain Phasma exist at all in this movie? <laughs> we like, needed a shiny stormtrooper. That's why. Yeah, I, I want a Rogue One version of like explaining like why that weakness was in the Death Star for Captain Phasma. I'm sure that it, it happens in the comics because th- I'm pretty sure she got her own comic book, mm-hmm. or at least the story. There's in, a book for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else, what else did we get in this, this episode? Well, so I have a really random tangential thought that's probably going to get me murdered, possibly in this podcast, (laughs) if not online. So, cause Mitch and I, Mitch continually complains about the fact that Grogu is 50 years old and still just coos. Yep. (laughs) But so, so here's my question. What if that is actually the language for that species and the reason that we understand Yoda is because he communicates strictly through the Force? And that's why his phrases are all backwards, too. I thought that, too. I was like, Yoda kind of sort of talks like somebody where, like, this is definitely his, like, fourth language. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that. I was like, what if Yoda's language is cooing? (laughs) He's, He's like a pigeon? Yeah, <laughs> just communicates. I mean, that's I'm that's that's a that's a good way of looking at it. But fifty years around human or people that speak a, a common language, you would pick up on it only if you were able to actually only if your muscles were able to actually form those words. 
Yeah. What what happens if he doesn't have all of the muscles we have in our own jaw structure? Yeah, no, that, that's the reason. Like they gave up on like aud- audible language for like gorillas and stuff. Um, and don't don't get me wrong. There's a whole bunch of conjecture here and there about sign language for gorillas and everything. But they genuinely do not have like the ability to make human speech. Yeah, but we like, know his race can. Well, we know his race can communicate such that others can hear it in oh, human you're, speech. You're checking like a so telepathy I'm, or something. I'm talking about if if they are that connected to the force, if trained, can he just basically telepathically communicate with other species as opposed to actually communicating? I and that's what the, we're seeing. I think it is implied through other things that people who have the force do understand other languages pretty easily. And you, like you get this with droids. There are people in the star Wars universe that perfectly understand R2D2. And yet there's also people in the star Wars universe that think it's just beep the bloops and doesn't know what he's saying unless he's plugged into the translator thing. Like, and Ahsoka Tano did understand Grogu. She could, communicate with them and i think there's other examples too throughout that you just generally get a feeling of what the person is trying to say in a way through the force or through just knowing things as well just if you're a mechanic you can technically kind of talk to a droid because you need to but i want to be i want to say i'm absolutely here for trying to pick a thing apart and like give it alternative explanations and stuff but there's no parsing what makes communication possible and impossible in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. <laughs> like, Han, yeah. like a, he might understand Chewie, but at the same time, like he might just be like, "Oh no, yeah, I understand that that like, big old yeah. dog guy." You could you could argue um, in humans there is a set gap of time in which if you don't hear the language, don't seek, don't try to speak the language, and if you don't like just interact with a language, you will never develop that language. So, and since we know that Grogu has been alone for a while and has been traumatized and tortured, which is another thing that can prevent you from developing languages as well is going through trauma um, or just using very simple languages going through trauma. Like it's, it's arguable that that's not his real speech, that he's at a very limited speech because of his past or because nobody talked to him. And now it is a new language he has to try to learn. And it's significantly harder for you to learn it, if not impossible to learn it after you go through the site. I I wish I remembered what the times was. I think it's like six months to the age of two, I think, if you don't hear a language. It's something along the lines of that. If you don't hear any language, you'll never develop it. So he's basically Jodie Foster and Nell. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) You see, John, you've been awfully quiet. Yeah, yeah, for someone who's super excited about this episode when none, none of the rest of us had watched it yet. Oh. Yes. Um, I mean, I loved this episode. I thought it was great. I thought everything about it, except for slightly janky DH Mark Hamill. But once <laughs> he was on screen and I, it was him, I was like, this is great. This is... Um, see, I had a problem with The Last Jedi, because we got to see a broken old man, Luke, when yeah. we knew that when we left off with him, he was on the verge of just achieving greatness about rebuilding the Jedi. And I mean, yeah. it, it left on a note where things are only going to get better from here. 
and they didn't. And what happened to him? You know, and that kind of narrative leap was really jarring to a lot of the fans. Now, in watching mm-hmm. review, uh, not review, reaction channels, um, that's one of my little side hobbies on YouTube. Um, if you want to see people absolutely losing their shit, watch the reaction compilations for when uh, Sephiroth was revealed for Smash Brothers. <laughs> Holy crap, did oh people just go crazy. Um, I did Mario. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I had a similar reaction. I was like, no, they did not. And I was like, oh, okay. But it would have been cool if they did that, though. I'm like, holy shit, they're getting dark with this. Like, mm-hmm. That would have been neat. I mean, he did it to Aerith, so why not Mario? Yeah. So anyway, um, so I was watching reaction channels uh, all season long for people watching The Mandalorian and the compilation of people watching the Luke reveal. Grown-ass men, a few women too, but mostly men, in their <laughs> 30s and 40s were straight up bawling at I was the reveal crying. of Luke. I was I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and the, the logic here, is, it seems, from most of them explaining afterwards, is that this is doing the character justice because just like Boba Fett was done dirty in the original trilogy, you know, he has all this built up legacy, but you'd have to like go reading comics and other books and see some side material that no longer technically exists anymore because of the decanonization. You know, it's basically like deleting a really awesome character. And like yourself, Mitch, your only real experience with Boba Fett as an adult was you know, a couple of scenes in Empire Strikes Back, a couple of scenes in Jedi, and he goes out like a punk. Yep. Totally yeah. ridiculous death. Yeah. Here, you get to see the Boba Fett that all of the rest of us have, like, only seen in our heads from, you know, these other past side stories. You know, it's finally bringing him and doing him justice. And that's what this felt like they're doing with Luke, too. And even though we know where it's going to end up, yeah, at least gonna... we get to see that journey, and we get to see Luke in his prime. I mean, he pulled a a Vader hallway scene straight out of Rogue One oh, yeah. <laughs> with a green lightsaber, and it was badass. It was actually arguably more badass because these were robots. You can actually show him like slicing them up. In mm-hmm. um, in Rogue One, you have to be a little more careful about that kind of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is peak Luke. This is him just becoming a badass Jedi master, starting a new journey, built, rebuilding the Jedi. And I'm more interested about this portion of the story than where it eventually ends. I feel like, oh, like we got a really shoddy deal there with that, you know, his turn in, in the sequel trilogy. This With this thing, and supposedly, there's rumors that they're actually going to consider a spinoff for Luke Skywalker as well now. Because, I mean, every character is going to get a spinoff on oh, you know, Disney+. <laughs> but there is a very real possibility that it does, if it does come to pass, we might actually get Sebastian Stan as young Luke. And I would be all in for that. Because mm-hmm. I just want to see what he's up to. I want to see what he's doing from there, from that point forward. I want to see good character development under the... Guidance of Filoni and Favreau. We we know I what he's going to do. Get destroyed and become that little. I was going to say he's going to fail as a teacher and then go live as a hobbit somewhere <laughs> drinking blue milk. <laughs> I mean that'll be later. That'll be later. I mean we'll get to that. But I want to see how we got there. I don't just want to see that end part where he's just a saddled hermit. Um, 
uh, honestly, I know that nobody other than myself watched corporate on Comedy Central, <laughs> but the last episode is exactly this because they buy a TV series uh, and then they just say, <laughs> we're going to give everybody, every character a spinoff show because they need to make all the money. And that's exactly what's happening here now, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Um, From a business standpoint, I totally could see that Disney's hurting for cash, guys. Like they oh, yeah. need every check chance they can get for yeah, more but product, not, more merchandise. It's not like these shows are cheap to make. Like they're much cheaper than they could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but it, everything takes longer to film because due to COVID rules, and you know, you, I, I know it's their technology with the LED LED screens or whatever. But still, you still have to pay for that space. It's not like. It's not like it's a a room the size that I'm in with LED screens. These are huge sound stages that just happen to have LED screen walls. Well, they also they have their portable setup, as far as I understand. Yeah. To make things portable, also costs money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not cheap. This is true, but I think um, they're getting a good return on their investment for this, as opposed to. Um, I don't know, something else, you know, like these things are proving to be extremely popular. I don't know how the, the accounting works for streaming. Um, I'm sure a lot of it is supplemented by merchandising. Yeah. Um, but man, like this, uh, this, this is definitely paying off for them because uh, I had to go Christmas shopping this week and, um, you know, I got a little something <laughs> for the stocking stuffer. John is so. currently holding up what appears to be a lightsaber dildo? I, 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 <laughs> That's a dark uh, saber. We said no kink shaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, he held up a, a, a nice little cute little Grogu. It's it's the Darth Maul. It's double sided. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> as long as it's not the Kylo Ren. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you 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 can't out pervert me. I'll just tell you right there. <laughs> Great, let's, I'm, I'm proud of let's you. stop. Let's stop at this intersection. Take a left hand turn. About, get off this road. Like, girl squad. Remember the girl squad? <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. the girl squad moment I was, was awesome. Mention that. Does anybody remember that? Just. Just four badass women just taking down an entire battalion of stormtroopers. Like, yes. I thank thought we were going to see Sasha Banks again. That's I thought what, that was the whole thing that she had said. That's oh, what she's going to have said. I'm, you're not going to see me again. Boom, finale. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I knew they were going to see. I don't know why she said what. Well, maybe Disney wanted to try to keep it a secret that Bo-Katan was going to come back for the finale and the other man. But I was like. We know that character's coming back. She's too cool. Like, why would you give her such interesting dialogue and not bring her back? (laughs) Well, they didn't bring back the other guy that was with them. He didn't have that interesting dialogue. That's Uh, fair. Okay. Is he dead? Did he die? I don't think so. I don't (laughs) don't see how you can die when you're wearing Beskar armor. Moth Gideon shot shot fucking Bo-Katan like five times (laughs) and she didn't (laughs) die. She did fall over, right? Didn't she? I don't remember her getting back up in the end. She well, she's, she's standing there. She doesn't say anything. Okay, I can't, I can't remember. I was still like, wait, he's taking Krogu? No. There, there was one thing, like, I, I hated in this episode the part where they had them set up. Like, yeah, the Dark Saber can cut through almost anything. Except for Beskar. Beskar yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah no, we're going to see the Dark Saber cut, try to cut Beskar later on. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I don't... It has to be a pure Beskar. 
They did. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they had to say that though because they showed that Ahsoka Tano's lightsabers couldn't cut through it. And it's, like, as far as I know, there's nothing different about the dark saber and a regular lightsaber other than its stone type. I assume, but I wouldn't know if it would be stronger or anything, or why it has that samurai blade look. So I feel like we have already established that earlier in the season. Yeah. Them snaking it, I was just like, okay, no, yeah. I've had issues with this in, in media as general and just all films in general just treating us like we're idiots now. Like, yeah. can you just let me inference something myself or let me come to the conclusion myself instead of blatantly telling it to me like, oh, well, it can't cut through that. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is show me that it can't cut through that. And I can be like, oh, clearly lightsabers can't cut through Beskar. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all I want. Kind of me. But, but it's not just any Star Wars movie. It's like all media nowadays just treats audience like we're a bunch of morons. Which is and what? That, but that, pro- that probably just a long time ago. Like even like the 80s, uh, everyone hated the all the voiceover stuff in Blade Runner. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Which is why in the third season of The Mandalorian, you're going to see a dark trooper made out of completely out of Beskar. And Absolutely. Yeah, that's sure. going to be the yeah. next big baddie thing that you have to fight. All right. <laughs> what is... It'll be silver then. And they're going to make Bo-Katan have to fight it. And it'll just be Katie Sackhoff having to fight Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Starbuck fighting Asylum. All right. I need everybody's prediction on what legacy no. character you're going to see next season. What do you mean no? You mean no? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say uh, my, my prediction is Chewie. That's who you see next season. Oh, That's the first cameo. Well, and, I mean, if you see Chewie, you have to see Han Solo. No, you don't have to see Han. Because oh, you're not getting Harrison Ford to come back ever again. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> Well, you have uh, our, our Aaron Albrecht or whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, you got oh, that's fair. You could be uh, Lando. Oh, Lando, definitely. Yeah. That's a good call. That's that's mine. Is uh, definitely Lando because yeah. we're supposed to get a spinoff thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, yeah. Could, it could be Lando. I was say so. Who else is supposed to get a spinoff? Because that's who we're gonna see. <laughs> We gotta start listing the alternative side of that one. Just who isn't getting a spinoff? <laughs> who, who's the guy with the big headphone thing on Cloud City? <laughs> not coming around. Mon Mothma. Let's get some Mon Mothma. Oh, actually, I think she's gonna be back for. She is for Andor. The, the Rangers one. I think I heard she's gonna be back. Oh, oh I thought she was supposed to come back for Andor. Oh no! Yeah, yeah that's right. It was for, yeah. yeah, it was that one. That one. Yeah. I. I don't think you're going to get a Leia spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her daughter or no, what's a, uh, the Billy Bob, Millie Bobby Brown. She's supposed to look like oh, a young yeah. Carrie. She kind of does. A little bit like Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, but it wouldn't I be in the right see, time. <laughs> the kind of robot that K2SO is. It, you're going to see one of those models, a K model. Yeah. Oh, what's the, what Star Wars people, what what's the yeah. ship that uh, Bo-Katan crashes into, Moth Gideon's ship? Is that an A-Wing? No, that's a shuttle, Atlanta-class uh, Titurium shuttle. Yeah, there you go. That one. All right, cool. It's I just a bad guy shuttle, as I call it. Not <laughs> it's a bad guy shuttle. It's a bad guy shuttle. It's, it's not an X-Wing. It's, it's used in a lot of medium, a lot of mediums, uh, like really 
you see it a lot in the TIE Fighter and X-Wing games. Um, a few other ones make appearances because it's just basically, yeah, it's a shuttle. Okay, so anything else anyone wants to touch on for the, the finale episode? Yes. So, a uh, little bit of trivia because it wouldn't be me if I don't say something that nobody else cares about. So, we see Jabba's palace at the end. And in the old canon, it was explained that that actually wasn't originally his palace. It was actually a monastery for a race of monks called the Bomar. And in Return of the Jedi, you only see one of these characters very briefly. You have to kind of look carefully. In the scene where R2 and 3PO first walk into the palace and in the background, you know, the, the, back, the, the big door is closing behind them in the background, um, you see like a spider-looking robot? Mm-hmm. That is a Bomar monk. So oh. in lore... Yes, the the Bomar monks had this philosophy of shutting out all sensation and becoming nothing but pure thought. So the ultimate goal of a Bomar monk was to uh, to reach a, a, a point of enlightenment where they would have their brain removed, it would be placed inside one of those spider droids, and it would just be, uh, yes, one of those fools right there. It's, it's a brain floating in a jar of nutrients being carried around by a spider droid. What? And that's a, uh, that is a okay. Bomar monk. And there's supposedly supposed oh. to be a whole bunch of those that still live in like the lower levels of the monastery. But when oh. Jabba the Hutt moved to Tatooine, he was like, hey, this place is awesome. Like, I'm going to make this my home. The Bomar monks are pacifists. So they're like, hey, you know, just leave us alone and you can stay here, whatever. And so they had sort of like an understanding, like, you know, they left them to themselves. They didn't interfere with anything, whatever. But every now and then the the droids would kind of wander around and go into like the upper levels. They kind of just left them alone. They're like, yeah, they're harmless, whatever. Hmm. And that's your Star Wars minute. (laughs) I I like that one. I wonder (laughs) if we'll see them around anywhere. I hope so. Now that it seems like it's going to be Boba's palace. I yeah. hope not. That I, sounds terrifying. I guess that's the other <laughs> speculation. What What is the book of Boba going to be about? What What are we going to be seeing there? I mean, I, I'm I'm just happy Ming Nan Wei is in it. Like yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, I gotta say that was a really kick-ass shot at the end. That looks like a comic book cover, like yeah. her like sipping on her spotchka. Yeah. Boba on the on the throne. That was pretty badass. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be a lot of bounty hunters. Yeah, it's it's, it's the Sinister Six time. of this universe. Yeah. I mean, Sinister Six or Magnificent Seven? Both. Okay. <laughs> I hope, you know, I hope the Rancor's still down there. They just has like like robotic components on his head. <laughs> they got crushed earlier. I mean, if they can do it for Fennec Shan, they can do it for anybody. I'm sure they could just get <laughs> another Rancor. Got a little oh a baby rancor that'll be the next Grogu. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> All right. On that note, if you want to speak to me on Twitter about how great the Mandalorian is, find me. I am at Michipedia G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. Uh, Stephen, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me all across the internet as Peppermint Gentleman on Twitter, specifically as Peppermint Gent. And Jessica, you can find me on Twitter as J M Bailey Writes. John, I am also on Twitter. I at, Mac, at Magic Bollocks. Uh, tell me if you cried during the look reveal because I didn't, and I think that's because I'm dead inside. No, I cried when. Well, I didn't actually cry, cry, but like I was, it was pretty, pretty heartfelt when Grogu said goodbye. 
Oh. And he took off his helmet. Hey, we didn't even touch up on the uh, another removal of the helmet. Yeah, it's old hat now. <laughs> yeah, it's old hat now. Everybody's seen him now. Why even keep it on? Yeah. I mean, I still don't understand why the inside of those helmets aren't like uh, up up uh, up display, like on Iron Man. Like it just. <laughs> why would you want to? Kill your peripheral vision. I don't know. Anyways, Elizabeth, where can people <laughs> talk to you online? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media on our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Please all leave comments, concerns, and questions there. <laughs> uh, yes, and if you want to listen to any archived episodes of this podcast or other podcasts on our network, check out geekleetmedia.com, our website, uh, and whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us so it helps spread the word of our network. But tell until, a friend. Yes, please tell a friend. And then tell them to come talk to us on the internet because we'll love to talk to them. Um, yeah. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to Geek yeah. out! Happy Life Day! <laughs> This concludes our broadcast. 